about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. We are going into a very pivotal week, uh, the, the week of July, uh, or the month of July, sorry. And, and it's the half stage of this year. This year that some people may call a terrible year. Some people will call it unprecedented. Some people may call it a trying period. Some people may call this year uh, a difficult year. And some people may call this year a year of transformation. I call this year the year of I am. And as we step into this week, and we step into a week of fasting and praying, God brought this message to me. And my subject for this morning is choose what is better. Choose what is better. In the book of Luke in chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says, this is a familiar story, and it came to my heart, and it came to my heart while I was counseling a couple, and, 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 and the, the, the lady just mentioned this, and it, it, I had already prepared my son, but I, I was looking for a, 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 a verse, a scripture that can actually solidify um, what I wanted to pass across, and she just said that, and bam, my speed rose up. And the Bible says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. I hope many of you today, in especially the first segment of the service when I spoke about generation faces and changes, I hope you will open up your home, your heart today. She opened up her home to him. Because many people put Martha in a very bad light, but she opened up her home to him. How many of you can actually open up your home to Jesus? How many of you can open up your life to Jesus? How many of you would allow Jesus to just come and eat in your house, in your home? How many of you are ready to serve him in the capacity and the way he wants you to serve him? She opened up her home, but she had a sister also called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made And so she came to him and asked this question. Lord, listen to me, and many of us have asked that question likewise. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha seems to be a competent and a busy woman of action. Martha is a great organizer. Martha is a carer of people. She loved people. She loved to take care of people. Uh, Martha is always trying to impress, trying to organize, 
trying to bring things together, trying to set the mood, trying to make sure everything works in a particular way. Martha is a hard worker. But Mary seems to be more reserved, laid back, and sometimes may come across lazy. Uh, does this talk about the dynamics between husbands and wives? <laughs> Did you, have, you, have you ever thought about this? Because in, in my home, my wife is laid back. My wife is more reserved. Um, um, uh, 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 and I am the, the one in front. I'm the one that wants to organize things. I'm the one that wants things to be done in a particular way. I'm the one that fusses over a lot of things. I'm the one that wants to bring everything together to make it perfect. I'm the one that doesn't sleep at night while she sleeps when things start to occur. And, and many, many times what we do as a couple, and if you're not married, rejoice in the Lord, because at least you will learn from this. Uh, what we sometimes do is that the one who is the organizer, the one who forces, the one who wants things to be in a particular order, the one who always runs around to make sure this is a, who wants to get to the airport early, who's always on time, who always does this, wants to drag the one who is laid back and resting and is not in a hurry. We want to drag them into our own world and that's where the conflict always occurs. It's very, very, very amazing how you find that the ones who are just laid back and those the ones who don't quickly make decisions are the ones that we accuse the most and that they are not following and not keeping up with the things that we need to do. The ones that say, let me think about it. No, no, don't think about it. I need an answer now. I'm talking about myself, I'm not talking about anyone else. Let's do it now. Just wait and let's think. No, let's do it now. The ones who say, let's do it now. Have the ones sometimes who end up having high blood pressure, who end up having issues in their lives, who end up having to deal with sicknesses and diseases because we are so worried and so anxious and so frantic. Um, and and, and, and the, the, the very funny thing about this, listen to me as we go on, is that God always pairs people who have different personalities together because he wants to be able to improve and to set up things for the future regarding his kingdom. So I've always noticed God never brings two people like me together. And we don't even want to marry me, but it's the same me that I don't want to marry me. It's the same me that, 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 that's resentful of the person that God's brought to me that is not like me. Ah. And, and, and it is a really funny story that there's a Martha and there's a Mary, but everyone had their own place in history. Because when you look further on, you'll find out that when Lazarus died, it was Martha that actually came to Jesus, maybe learning her lesson and saying, I believe you are the son of God, which was the second time someone mentioned that revelation. Mary was at home crying. So, so I, I don't want us to look at the, the story of Mary and Martha and start to throw stones at Martha because the fact that I'm always on time, the fact that I always want things to be done, doesn't mean that I'm evil. But God always brings people together so that he can build his own kingdom. 
And so maybe this could help husbands and wives or it could help you if you are single and you're thinking you're going into a relationship but this person is just not like me. She shouldn't be like you. He shouldn't be like you. Because that is not what God is trying to build in our homes. Because if all of us are risk takers, then we will crash. But there are some in the home that is a risk taker. There's one who is a bit cautious and that works together. There's some who is a spender and there's some who is a saver. And if I, if I have always followed what I want to do we will still be poor because I will never be buying things that are of quality and excellence because I think it's a waste of money but my wife is the one who says no wait if you until you have the money let's not buy it and it works together I'm the researcher she's the one that's the executioner and so 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 God brings us together like that but 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 uh, let me for let me continue to go on because we need to also learn from the masters like me in, 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 a, in a culture of hectic schedules, relentless pursuits of productivity, we are tempted to sometimes measure, and this happens to me many times, we are tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are and by how we accomplish or how well we meet the expectations of others. And, and I have a double-edged sword because both I'm both a pastor and also I'm a father and also I'm a husband. We run a tight shift every single week trying to bring this message and these services to you because we know if we drop the ball, many people may complain and we're trying to reach up to people's expectations, but this can also be a killer. It is true that much of our busyness and distraction it seems, seems to stem from the noblest intentions. Things that are very noble. Martha had, was noble. She, her noble intention was to make sure that Jesus was well taken care of. Many of us, we want to provide for our family. Many of us, we want to give our children every opportunity to be able to enrich their lives. And, and yes, at the same time, we also want to serve the Lord. I, indeed, let me say this quickly as, as a side message. Indeed, where would the church be without its Martha's? Where would the church be without faithful folks who perform the task of hospitality, the task of serving, the task of doing what we're doing right now? That, that, that makes the church so vital, so welcoming, so well-functioning in the community. Where would the matters be? Where would the people who are actually in the band, who are in the ushering team, who are in the children's church, where the prayers, those who are coming every single week into this sanctuary to help build this thing and produce this, 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 this message and this service to you, where would they be if they were sitting down at home? Where would they be? So uh, there, there's, a, there, there's a place for the martyrs in the body of Christ. But this is where God started to speak to me this week. He, he said, many people are living a faithless life and just living based on logic. This generation, we need to be careful because many people are living on logic. No time for prayer. No time for the word. Taking shortcuts instead of waiting and trusting God. Resigning yourself to second best because you're impatient or you're afraid of criticisms. Giving up what you believe of who you are and going into a place of what I call compromise. And God started to say, my people are running after too many things and they're not choosing the one that is the best. 
And as we enter into the second half of the year, I would like us to learn some vital lessons from this story, from both characters. Because it teaches us something that will help us as we proceed through this year. Because the first half of the year, we were dealing with the disease. Unfortunately, the second half of the year, we've got to stay in Goshen. Because we're dealing with the aftermath of the disease. And many of us are using logic. I want to talk to some men this morning. We're using logic. We're using facts. We're using what we can do to make everything work. And we've left behind the God who can do all things for us. So as we enter into the second half of the year, and as we enter into a time of fasting and praying from Wednesday up to Sunday, I really need you to listen to some certain things that has delayed us or denied us entering into the place of where God wants us to be. Everything doesn't have to be an exciting message. It has to be a life-transforming message. So what does these characters, many a matter, what does it teach us? Number one, it teaches us to start with jesus start with jesus somebody says how does that happen listen to me no matter how much you throw stones at martha the good thing about martha is that martha started with jesus huh, somebody said what, what does it mean look, look look martha knew exactly where to go because while she was cooking and while she was doing all this around and she was looking at Mary and, she was, and that kind of anger and discontent was going on, she could have started to talk to people who were around us, but she went to Jesus. Listen to me. Many people rush and misdirect their complaints and speak to people rather than to Jesus. This is the reason why many of people are dealing with logic instead of faith. Many of people are reporting their husbands and their wives to people they never should do. Many people are reporting their children to people they should never do. Many people are reporting their friends to people they should never do. When you're struggling, go to the best source. Go to Jesus. You may not like the answer, but you must love the relationship. So listen to me, listen to me. Sometimes we, we can be tempted to share our problems with everyone else. We will give them okay, a prayer request. We may go to social media. We may go to mom. We may go to our besties. When the wisest thing to do is to approach the one who can actually fix things. This is a message that will remind you of the autonomy the authenticity and the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many are so familiar with men and they know you on social media, but they do not know you in the circle of God. Many people are popular with man, but they are unpopular with God. Listen to me, when we concentrate on Jesus first, we discover that we never are truly alone or without help. Martha, in as much as many people may despise her or dismiss her, even when she was not feeling right, she approached Jesus not anyone else, not the disciples, not going around to gossip, but she approached Jesus. She 
started her complaint with Jesus. And when we go to Jesus, we find that inner peace. We find that strength to face whatever comes to us. You can find that throughout the scriptures. Those kinds of truths that keep us calm, even in the busiest seasons of our life. Where do you go to? That's the question I want to ask you. Where do you go to? Where exactly do you go to? Oh, when everything is happening, I always love to go to my mom. I always love to go to my dad. And even when you're married, you're still using the same principle of going to mommy and going to daddy. And the people who are around you, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, is despising this relationship because every single thing has to go to them. Every single thing has to go to your friend. So your husband is sitting down and like, why do you have to talk about our business to your friend every single time? Why do you have to talk about our business? The wife is like, why do you always have to talk about our business to your friends? Why can't you, we just sit down, sort it out. Why can't we just go to Jesus? And, and Martha reminds us that no matter how hurt we are, start with Jesus. This second half of the year, start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. Because if you don't start with Jesus, everything else will disintegrate. Jesus, now, when she started with Jesus, and as I said, you may not like the answer, but you should love the relationship. Because Jesus reminded Martha, when she came to him, what to be concerned with, where to focus, and what should take a front row seat in our brains. It is our relationship with him. Can I ask you a question, mothers? You have one child, you have two children, you're running all over the place, you're doing this, you wake up in the morning, you, you go back at that, you're tired, you're doing all this kind of stuff. Where is your focus? Where is your focus this morning? Have you been concerned of accomplishing your duty without taking time necessary to personally worship Jesus? Because when you stop doing that, you stop focusing on Jesus. Martha's main problem was she did not focus on the person of Jesus. She didn't focus on the one who owns the work. She focused on the work. And when you start focusing on Jesus, listen to me, you will go into what is called a Martha soul. And listen to the three things that happens when you stop focusing on Jesus. When you stop focusing on Jesus, there are things that happen with your relationship with people around you. Number one, you start feeling sorry for yourself. When depression comes, it means that there is a shift of focus from purpose to problems. For in every problem, there is a purpose. Martha shifted her focus and she started feeling sorry for herself. Number two, you know the second thing you will start to do? You start complaining. So you start feeling sorry for yourself. The second thing you do, you start complaining and you carry a grudge and the grudge goes into jealousy because you start looking at every other thing around you and you start saying to yourself, why is this happening? Why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? And it was that complaining and murmuring spirit that made the first generation that left Egypt die in the wilderness. They complained about Moses. They complained about water. They complained about food. 
Martha complained about Mary sitting down at the feet of Jesus. You complained because you heard someone else, they got married. You complained because you heard someone else got a car, got a house. You complained because you were doing something in church. Nobody else was doing it. And now you're tired. You give in. You throw in the towel. Because number one, you're feeling sorry for yourself. And secondly, you're complaining. And then number three, when you stop focusing on Jesus, you start leaving God behind. Many don't spend time with Jesus, but they call upon him after trying everything else. Listen to me, if all our activities leave us with no time to be still in the presence of God and hear God's word, we are likely to end up being anxious and troubled. We are likely to end up with a kind of service that is devoid of love and joy and is resentful to others. Even husbands can be resentful to their wives because they think, oh, I'm doing everything, it's still not enough because we've shifted our focus from of Jesus, who is the leader and the author and finisher of our faith to ourselves. We, we, we become resentful and devoid and there's love, the love is devoid in our service, in our homes, even in our churches, even in the community because we've stopped focusing on Jesus. We get into depression because we stop focusing on Jesus. We, 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 we get into anger and bitterness and clashes in our home because we stop focusing on Jesus. You, you're single. Maybe God is preparing the best person for you. Maybe God is leading you through the still waters, taking you to the still waters. Maybe he's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe he's pruning. Maybe you're on the backside of the desert and God is teaching you how to fight with the lions and how to fight with the bears so that when Goliath comes, you'll be able to decapitate Goliath and then God will release you into your greatness. Maybe you're on the backside of the desert in a prison like Joseph and nobody knows who you are and you're complaining, you're resentful because you've lost your focus on God. You are where you are, your status where you are. Doesn't determine where you're going. God is the one who is preparing you and making you and making your path straight. And sometimes it could be slow, but you will surely get the goal. Maybe that is it. But if we do not have that time to spend with him, we will become resentful. Every Christian must remember this truth. If we forget Jesus while serving him, we will end up quitting on him. Unless we take time to worship him personally, we will not really know how to serve him properly. Somebody wrote this and he blessed me. He says, worshiping without serving is powerless. Serving without worshiping is directionless. Serving after worshiping produces power and balance and many of us don't start with Jesus we're calling a fast from Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday and many of you will be too busy that you will forget you will forget because you're running after things that are not the best choice Listen to this. I don't know if I can finish the rest, but I'm going to stay on this for a while. Mary was always at the feet of Jesus. Always. That was her place. She sat at the feet of Jesus. The, 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 most, the most awkward place to ever be. Because in those days, they were not wearing shoes like I'm wearing. They were wearing sandals. 
It was dirty. They, 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 they would walk in the dust. They would walk on dusty roads. And here you find Mary always sitting at the place that is abhorred, the smelly place, but the gracious place. Pastor, how do you know? In John chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, maybe we should read this together. He says, then six days passed before the Passover. Jesus came to Bethany. There they made him a supper. And Martha again, see this, see this again? Jesus was so familiar with them. And Martha served. Did you see that again? She served again. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly perfume and anointed where again the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet dry with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of that oil. She was severely criticized by at least one disciple for her wasteful action. Did she quit because of the criticism? No. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you hear and you learn not to quit because of other people's criticisms. You've got to sit at that feet. Guys, men, listen to me. You've got to sit at that feet. All these things you're writing, talking, shouting, is not going to produce the best out of you if you can't bring your family and sit at the feet of Jesus and let them know that the best of you is given to Jesus. The best of you, not, not what is left. The best of you, the oil, the perfume that they may, your children, your generation may see that Jesus comes first in your life. Not only in your praying, but also in your serving. At his feet, you learn not to compromise, ladies. At his feet, your devotion is based on your decision, not on distraction. Because whenever you compromise, it will make a good umbrella, but never a good roof. You've got to sit at the feet of Jesus. Samson compromised his devotion as a Nazareth. He lost his care, his strength, and his victory just to peer pressure. So what is the first thing it teaches us? Number one, it teaches us to start with Jesus. Number two, let me give you number two before we close. He teaches us to stop fussing. Stop fussing. Stop fussing. Ty, stop fussing. I'm talking to myself. Stop fussing. We start fussing when the other person doesn't fuss. (laughs) We start fussing when things that look difficult becomes easy. The problem with Martha, now we talk about the good thing about Martha, let's talk about the not so good or the issues he had, is that... The problem with Martha is not in her serving, but rather that she is worried and distracted. The the word distracted in verse 40 in the Hebrew means perispato, which has the connotation of being pulled or dragged in different directions. And this is where I'm going. So many of you are dragged in the direction of your work. Many of you are dragged in the direction of your children. Many of you are dragged in the direction of the church. Many of you are dragged in the direction of finances. Many of you are dragged in the direction of, oh, I've got to take my child to swimming. I've got to take my child to ballet. I've got to take my child to music. I've got to take my child. You're dragged in so many directions that you have been distracted by serving than going to the God who can help you and give you the grace to serve. 
The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Listen to me. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. This is the best choice. He said that in everything, by what? Not by trying to sort it out. Oh, my mom is sick. Oh, my dad is sick. Oh, they need money. Oh, they need this. Oh, my children need this. Oh, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. we forgot. We need to update our Instagram. Oh, we need to update our stuff. Oh, we need to uh, make people serious. Oh, I need to do a presentation. Oh, I started a program on, 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 on Facebook. I've started a program on YouTube. I have to keep up with it. And you're fussing about things that maybe God hasn't even ordained. Let me, let me say this to you. In the, in the, when the lockdown came in, asked some of my leaders said, we'll do a Wednesday, and then we'll do a Friday afternoon, just light stuff. I was prepared for it. I was fussing all over the place about it. I could get the Wednesday morning and evening, but then I was thinking, Friday, Friday, okay, what do I need to do? I may, I may have to get this. I may have to organize this. I may have to get somebody to come online. I may have to do this. I was fussing about it. And one day, I just was quiet and said, did you actually tell me to do this or am I copying somebody else? And when I didn't hear a voice, I just left it behind. We didn't have a Friday service ever since then. You're not in competition with anyone. Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving. That's what Idris says. Do you, can you still dance? He says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. This is what I'm saying. Don't keep going by logic, because when you play this week, Ah, God, what is going to happen? They're going to follow so many people. In fact, they've gone from follow right now to making redundancies. Oh, God, I don't know what is going to happen. Stop fussing. You know why? Because when you pray, when we come into Goshen, we're going to go back into Goshen. We must stay in Goshen. It says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Martha's distraction and worry leaves no room for the important aspects of hospitality. And the important aspect of God's hospitality is gracious attention to the guest. She even went so as far as accusing Jesus of not caring for her. Because sometimes I know what it means if I walk into some people's house, they want to give me the best. They want to give me the best. They want to give me food. They want to give me drinks. They want to do the, um, many things they want to do. But m- most of the time, even doing that, you will find out that nearly 80% of the time that the guest is in your house, you're not actually sitting down with them. Because after you finish the food, you present it. You're even not sitting down. And I've seen my wife do this sometimes. Sorry, baby. But I've seen her do it sometimes. She will prepare the food. She's in the kitchen. She brings the food. She sets the table. She's doing that. While everybody is eating, she's still trying to get the after sorted out. So she doesn't sit down. And then after we finish, she's trying to clear up for, so that she can bring in the ice creams and all that. And she brings it down. And, she, uh, and then she doesn't sit down. And then she goes into the kitchen. And then she starts washing up the dishes and starts clearing up the dishes. And by the time she comes to sit down, the guests are ready to go. So sometimes we don't even get the best from the guests because we are distracted. And sometimes you see what matter that she went even to accuse Jesus, which most of us, do, do, we, we do. 
There seems to be a kind of accusation in our voice. Lord, are you not paying attention to what is going on here? Lord, don't you see all the work that I'm doing? Lord, come on, do something. Don't you care about me? How many of you are saying that right now? Lord, don't you care about me? You don't care about me because of all these things that are happening. Because you know what? Many relationships with God is based on performance. We love God if he can do what, he's, what we want him to do. Many of our relationships are based on if we got a house, if we got the car, if we got the promotion. Our relationship is not based on dancing. What a prophetic word. Dancing in the middle of the year, despite what has happened in the previous months. Our relationship is not with God to say, God, I still stand on the word that says, I am. I am everything. Oh, but when he says, I am, I thought this year would go the way it, it, it was going. You start throwing acquisitions at Jesus. And Jesus said, I knew what was going to happen before it even happened. But many of our relationships, in, in fact, the depth of our relationships with God is based solely and only upon God's performance. And so what we have done in time past, and I hope this will help you, is we've started to mark Jesus, mark God. When he answers our prayers, ah, you've done well. When he doesn't answer our prayers, God, what is happening? And so we base our entire life on the performance of God. And that's why the children of Israel didn't make it. Because they knew the miracles. They didn't know the God. They knew the acts of God, not the ways of God. And this month, this week, I want to bring us to the ways of God, not the acts, the actions of God. Because when we start relating to God based on performance, worry and anxiety starts to come in. And worry is a sin that displaces God in your life. And when you and I worry, we're living as though God does not exist. When you worry, mothers, it distracts you from your full-fledged devotion to Christ. And then we end up being strangled. Worry makes us think that many things are absolute priorities when really there is only one, and that is God. Jesus tells us that the highest priority is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, let me conclude this aspect with you. If you're going to remember anything today, stop rushing and start resting. Let me say this again. Stop rushing. Stop fussing. Start resting. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled over this next six months. Do not let your heart be troubled over this next six months. I want to talk to somebody. Do not let your heart be troubled over this next six months. Nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for the challenge. And number three, I close. So we, start, we, 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 we said when we look at these lessons... Start with Jesus. Stop fussing. Secure the good part. Luke chapter 10 verse 20, 42, the Amplified. He says, there is need of only one or but a few things. 
Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen the good portion. And let me roll this off to you. Mary lived by purpose, not by problems. Her main purpose and the best thing she chose was to sit at the feet of Jesus. Many of you are losing your minds because you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary lived by purpose and not problems. This is not one that will produce material things. It is one that will fulfill purpose. My entire ministry sits on this one thing. Living by purpose. That's my ministry. Purpose. Purpose. That's why many people are for healing. Many people are for leadership. Many people are for... Mine is for purpose. A person living by faith. A person living by faith. A person living by faith is a person living by purpose and not problems. Because when problems come, there is a purpose in the problem. And when you live by faith at the feet of Jesus, your reactions will be problem solving and not problem complaining. Let's look at Mary's actions to problem solving. When you sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary, you by faith bring divinity, God, on the scene. And when God steps in, opposition bows out. Mary brought God, divinity on the scene. Martha brought humanity on the scene. That's why you're shouting at your husband, shouting at your wife, shouting at yourself as singles, shouting at your fear and shouting at your, the, 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 the new relationship you've got in because you're bringing humanity instead of divinity. Mary's inaction provokes a God reaction. Sometimes when you stop rushing, stop fussing, start resting and sitting down, you provoke a reaction from God based on trust. Whereas many of us, including Moa, that is fasting and rushing, we repel God's intervention. Number three, Mary has a confidence that says God will provide for all my needs. And that is all I need. Confidence that bows only to God and not to man. Mary's actions are motivated by the world. Martha's actions is motivated by her works. My children will love me. My family will love me. My church will love me if I just continue to keep this up. Oh, people on Instagram, people on social media, they will love me if I have to keep this up. But many, even great singers, take a hiatus off it so they can recharge. The important thing to note for busy and active people is their need to slow down this week and pull away to be with Jesus. While this may not be a natural inclination, it is a necessity. I am too busy with the work means you are out of place. The devil will always give you a job that will sacrifice divinity. And many of you, God has blessed you with a work and that is the work is taking God out of it. The same God who wake up early in the morning to spend time praying. It's the same God that you're too tired and when the alarm goes off, you switch it off. But you're never too late to go to work. When you pray, listen to me. When we pray this week, you will receive the ability to make right decisions. 
You receive the ability to discern even when you're faced with two rights. People cannot live by bread alone. You cannot live by bread alone. You cannot live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We've got to strip everything away. I love what uh, um, a wonderful couple said to me uh, this week. Um, she said to me, this lockdown is showing us that everything that we use to accentuate our worship is not what God actually accepts most of the time. He says, when we strip everything away and it's only us and our voice, that is the worship that sometimes is acceptable, most times is acceptable, when we strip everything away. Because listen to me, sometimes God wants us to wait, and sometimes it's better to go hungry than to go wrong. It's better to go hungry than to go wrong. It's better to wait on God. So the question I'm asking you, are you serving or are you sitting? Sit this week under the umbrella of Goshen and you would have chosen the best thing. 8 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 p.m., run it through. Testimonies have come through these times that we set apart from God. The question is, are you rushing, are you fussing? The question is, are you serving or are you sitting? Because God has a new level for us that he wants to take us to. And he's going to use you. Elijah, he says, I'm the only one. God says, stop fussing, man. I've got 700 prophets that are waiting. And if you don't take your place, I will replace you. Stop fussing. Mother, stop fussing. Father, stop fussing. Single, stop fussing. Stop fussing. Stop rushing. Because when you fuss, you start rushing. Start sitting, start resting but make Jesus the, your starting point we all have to come back to that place of prayer because if you don't, the next six months will be trying periods financially and economically and health wise many people think it is over but we stay in Goshen and while people are falling down God will raise us up but sit at the feet of Jesus, don't be in a rush to leave. And God will bless you. Can we bow our heads and pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I have given you the word. I have given them the word. And you're saying to them this afternoon, choose what is better. Money, accolades, fulfilling priorities that are not your priorities, or Jesus. Which one is better? The world that will clap for you and drop you? Or Jesus who will preserve you? Where do we start from? Jesus. Where do we end? Jesus. Who do we rush to? Jesus. Father, let this worry and anxiety, let it bow at the feet of Jesus. Let's come to your feet this week and throughout this year. And pour oil on your feet. Make you look beautiful in our lives. Create that home that Martha even opened up for you to come and visit. Let's not make things become the thing you will despise. 
It's the blessing that you gave the children of Israel that made them leave you. It's the blessing you gave Solomon that caused the destruction. It's the blessing that you gave Hezekiah that made him come and show off. Father, let not your blessing be the thing that will cause our destruction. And I want to pray for somebody here this afternoon who may have not given their lives to Jesus. You gave your life to your work. You gave your life to your relationship. You gave your life to everything else and it's failed. It's failed. You're depressed. You're sick. You're worried about too many things. Let me say this to you. Even though you may be a Christian, this afternoon, bow your heads and say, God, enough. I want to sit at your feet now. It's a place where depression cannot get to. It's a secret place of the Most High God. It's a place where you say, God, I surrender everything. All of us need to get to that place. This week I have to say, God, I have to shut some things down. I'm tired. I'm running out of gas here. God can give us the grace. But we have to come and sit down at his feet. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, come to him. Come to him, guys. Because everything else is failing around. There's an injection of money. There's an injection of everything in here. But everything is failing. The only thing that cannot fail, that remains the same yesterday, today and forever, is Jesus. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ Archway, London. Thank you for listening.